Latino Rebels Radio, Latino Rebels Radio, Julio Ricardo Varela here. It is Friday, September 27th. That's right, Friday, September 27th. You know, we usually drop on a Sunday or maybe sometimes on a Saturday, but today we're dropping on a Friday because, because I just had the opportunity to talk to Democratic presidential candidate Julian Castro, who was in San Diego. I gave him a call just to check in with him, see how his campaign's doing, because it's uh, there have been some challenges that have been reported recently, even with all this impeachment news that's dominating the news cycle, the political news cycle. Wanted to give Secretary Castro a call. So here is the conversation. Hey, Secretary Castro, uh, how you doing? I'm doing well. I'm just uh, here in San Diego. Oh, you're in San Diego. Um, listen, I appreciate uh, the time again. I know you're busy. Before we talk about your campaign, we got to talk about what's happened in the last week. I know you've been, I know you've made appearances talking about um, the recent developments out of uh, Washington. But are you seeing, what are people telling you on the ground about what's going on with the president and the impeachment proceedings? What are, uh, people are baffled by how this president has acted, that he's gone so far off the bounds of normalcy and put his own interests above the national interests. So I think most people see the rationale for moving forward with impeachment. And you were one of the first to call for it, from what I recall. Is that correct? I mean, way back, back in the day, as they say. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah, Mueller outlined those 10 different instances where Trump either obstructed justice or attempted to obstruct justice. And so there's been a lot of evidence before all this related to the Ukraine to move forward with impeachment. And, you know, I was glad that uh, Speaker Pelosi decided to move forward with them. And do you think like this, at least people are starting to understand, because it seems like the Mueller investigation felt a lot, it, it was pretty complex, but your sense being out there talking to supporters and fellow Democrats, are people understanding sort of the gravity of this more? This dealing with Ukraine, you know, the phone call that's at the heart of the matter here, as well as the cover-up that is emerging, we're finding more details out about. I think most people get what's going on. I mean, these are the actions of uh, a thug or dictator type, uh, you know, a leader that tries to get a foreign government to do his political dirty work, and just yesterday the president insinuating that uh, the people who talk to the whistleblower should be um, murdered, you know, punished. You know, this is not the kind of thing that, that we hear in the United States of America from the president. And I think people can grasp that no matter who they are. That's also one of the reasons that you see support for impeachment rising not only with Democrats, but also with Republicans. So tell me what, you know, obviously a lot has happened between the Houston debate and now um, there are reports that there's an urgency to your campaign. Um, Are you, well, let me ask you, are those reports accurate? I mean, are you reaching the final end of this or or what, what can you tell us about your campaign right now? Is it still in good standing or? Yeah, you know, the last two days we had polling that gives me encouragement, you know, we're routinely hitting at least 2%, and in one of the polls, we hit 3%. That's significant because the DNC just released press polls, and you have to have four 3% polls or two 5% polls in early states. So, and, you know, I'm confident that in the six weeks we have left until the likely uh, cutoff 
for that threshold, that we can make it to the November debate. But there is a sense of urgency. And I've told um, my supporters out there, people who want to make sure that we keep going and have a strong campaign, uh, that you know, i got to make that November debate. And so the campaign is working very hard. I'm working very hard. Uh, I'm talking about the issues that matter to people. Um, we have a busy travel schedule uh, and fundraising schedule. And, uh, you know, I believe that we can make it. But, yeah, there is a sense of urgency, absolutely. So tell me, I mean, I know it feels like old news, and but have tell me about the debate moment. And Do you feel like it's been a struggle since then? I mean, it, are you getting the attention? I mean, it. It felt that, at least in my perspective, a lot of young Latinos were, you know, were saying you were just debating, and then it, it felt like everyone else was out to get you. Uh, well, I mean, you know, in, that, in the debate, uh, we had a disagreement about uh, health care and whether we're going to cover every single person in the country or we're going to leave 10 million people out. You know, when I go up there, I'm there to fight for people that need fighting for and, you know, I'm going to keep doing that, whether it's on health care, immigration, or uh, jobs, or anything. And I think a lot of people got that. Obviously, some people took it differently. You know, I respect Vice President Biden. Uh, you know, he and I have known each other for years, and so it's something personal. Uh, but I do want to make sure that if we go forward with health care, that we're going to cover everybody. And I'm going to keep on bringing up issues that sometimes will make people uncomfortable. Uh, I've done that on immigration. I challenge the field uh, to be as common sense and compassionate as it can be. And as long as I'm in this race, I'm going to keep doing that. Did, did this feel like a coordinated attack on you? Well, I mean, you know, you never know what's going to happen with the pundits, right? And the pundits are not the American people. I think that voters uh, understand that we're going to need a Democrat who's going to fight on health care for everybody. And during this campaign, I mean, I've spoken up for vulnerable communities in different places, in different ways, across different issues. Uh, and so if people are wondering out there, you know, why votes are for Julian, it's because I haven't been afraid to highlight people and issues that often get left behind, whether it's on police reform or being bold on immigration or going to Puerto Rico and pointing out how much this administration has failed the island. Uh, you know, I've spoken up to people that need speaking up for, and that's what I'm going to keep doing. So, we're, I mean, you're, you're still in the grind. You're telling me you're still going to keep at it. Um, is that, you're still in a place where you you will get to the caucuses, at least in, in Iowa, New Hampshire, and Nevada, or are you, I mean, where does your campaign stand? You, you'll, you, you'll still be around. Yeah, I'm still confident that um, that the campaign is growing, uh, that we're going to be able to hit the mark and get onto that November debate stage. I would be lying to you if I said that, you know, there's not a chance that that will happen. There is, and that's going to depend in the next five to six weeks on the campaign, having the resources to go out there and uh, get our numbers up by one or two points in these early states and one or two points nationally. But we can do that. You know, we, we've seen, I've seen in the last few months, the uh, growth in polls, the strength in polls, and certainly, you know, in grassroots donors. So it's very doable. But, you know, it also means that our supporters out there, like 
you know, what I would ask him is this is the time to step up, uh, both in contributing to the campaign uh, and also with the polling calls uh, wherever they live. Secretary, just a couple more questions. One of them that I've noticed with your campaign, at least, in seeing sort of how these young Latinos and Latinas are, are really seeing you as sort of, uh, you know, someone named Julian running for president. And I even saw it in the debate reaction or even uh, they come to your defense. Uh, do you think there's an invisibility uh, in a post-Trump world of the Latino community? And Have you seen it? Uh, even in, with El Paso um, in the last couple of weeks, do you feel like that it's it's being ignored and that you feel like there's a responsibility that you have to keep at this? You know what I'm saying? Like, it feels... Oh, I, I definitely agree with you that there's a, a certain visibility. Um, but you know who you are. You know better than I do. I mean, that's been there for a long time. And, um, and one way that newsrooms can solve that or help with that is to diversify their newsrooms. Um, I mean, it's terrible right now in terms of the diversity of newsrooms, especially when you get to the uh, level of editor or much less above that at newspapers or in TV or these days even in online publications. In fact, I pointed out a couple of weeks ago that the, the most insightful articles about our campaign during the, these last few months have been written by Latinas, three different Latinas. And um, I think there's a reason for that. And so there's value to that diversity. But with regard to, to the um, Latinx community as a whole, yeah, sure. There's that invisibility. Um, just a lack of understanding, a one-dimensionality to it. And, you know, you and I have talked about in this campaign uh, how much people are focused solely on whether I speak fluent Spanish as the sole barometer of whether I'm going to with the Latino community. Uh, it's just, there's just a lack of understanding there that in the years to come, I hope, improves a lot. Do you think that electorate understands that? Because I think that's, do you, do you, I mean, I, I mean, I'm talking about the general electorate. Well, I wish I could say the answer to that is yes, but my honest answer is I'm not sure. Uh, I'm not sure because I don't know that the voices are there loud enough in the right places yet, making that clear. And yeah, I don't fault everyday Americans for that. I mean, they're the news, going about their business. Yeah, but there is the need uh, to tell those stories and to make it more clear. And that's why the platforms that do exist are so important. And yeah, no, and is that an obstacle? I mean, in terms of the campaign, I mean, that's what I mean. It feels to me because I see a lot of young Latinx voters seem very encouraged and enthusiastic, but I'm not seeing that being transformed into sort of a mainstream conversation, and especially in a post-Trump world. Is that something your campaign talks about as well? Like, how do you break through that? Yeah, I mean, you know, we're, we're trying to do what we can to, you know, kind of carry that ball as much as possible. And still, of course, when you're running for office, you got to represent everybody. you got to speak to everybody. And certainly, if you're president of the United States, you got to be a president for everybody. And so part of that challenge is always striking that balance, right? Because it is something that you have to, I do feel, a responsibility to uh, for us to do our best to um, show a different 
uh, example from the Latinx community from what this president tries to pitch the community as, the derogatory, uh, myopic, narrow-minded way that he pitches the community. Um, you know, when I'm on that stage, the debate stage, I want those little Latina girls and Latino boys to to say, hey, you know what, I can do that too. So I feel that responsibility, but at the same time, there is sometimes a tension because you want to speak to everybody and, um, you know, be able to represent everybody's hopes and dreams. Yeah. Last question, Secretary. I mean, one of the things that happened this week that might have been overlooked with all the impeachment talk and since immigration has been such a tenet of your campaign is the fact that uh, uh, Honduras got into an asylum agreement with the United States now leading El Salvador and Guatemala to establish asylum agreements with the United States. Have you? What are your thoughts on what's gone on with the migrant crisis and how the United States has dealt with that? Um, I, I have a completely different vision of how we should uh, handle the migration crisis from this president. First of all, we need to partner with Guatemala, Honduras, and El Salvador in a more substantive way so that people can find safety and opportunity at home instead of having to make the dangerous journey to the United States. But for those right now who do make it to our southern border, we need to stop playing games with their asylum claims. I would immediately end the MPT or uh, Remain in Mexico policy because what's happening to a lot of those folks who end up in places like um, uh, Nuevo Laredo or other border cities, is that they're now subject to some of the violence related to the drug cartel. And they're getting kidnapped, and they're getting discouraged because they're subject to a potential violence and kidnapping. And, you know, I believe that we should honor those claims and have them here in the United States and have an independent immigration system, court system, that has, has enough judges and support staff to hear those claims, stop playing games with them and making their lives worse. Secretary Castro, uh, thank you so much for uh, spending some time on the campaign trail with me. Okay, thanks, Julia. Hey, guys, if you like what you heard, just do me a favor. Just rate, rate it, rate it right now. Review it, tweet at Latino Rebels, share it with your friends. We are, as they say, I don't know what they say in terms of podcasting. We just do it live to tape, straight from the source. I've been doing it for five years, different iterations. But, uh, you know, we keep at it. I want to thank Secretary Castro for being on again. Also, big shout out to Latino Rebels producer Luis Luna. What's up, Luis? <laughs> and guys, again, just do me a favor. Share this with one person, because that's how we keep growing as a podcast. And we'll be back. We'll be back. Probably, I might drop something. I don't know when we'll drop something, but um, maybe earlier in the week. If not, we'll be back uh, two Sundays from now. But we'll figure it out. Like we always do, we always close out with La Plebe. Julio Latino Rebels Radio. We out of here.